Foreseed describes themselves as an independent third-party certification scheme for the sustainable cultivation, processing, and trading of coffee. They have now released their first approach and impact report to showcase their development over the last four years, when they transitioned from a verification to certification organization. As a stakeholder-driven and internationally recognized sustainability standard for the entire coffee sector, Foresee aims at anchoring sustainability in coffee supply chains across environmental, social and economic dimensions. The report is not particularly easy reading at first, so I'm afraid I skimmed the first 32 pages and looked for something tangible. I don't think it's the content as much as the sheer density of the text, which is off-putting for anyone time-bound, which is most of us. Fortunately, later in the report, parts of it become easier to read and it delivers detailed and useful information. For example, the transparency section on page 33 which states, Traceability in 4C means that 4C certified coffee must be tracked and traced back and forth, through all steps of the coffee supply chain, from the producer up to the final buyer. Within the 4C unit, only physical segregation is allowed. This ensures that 4C certified and non-4C certified coffee is kept physically separated. Full traceability is verified during the 4C audits. For instance, records of incoming, outgoing and stored 4C coffee must be available at each business partner of the 4C unit. Bookkeeping is required to confirm that the outgoing 4C certified coffee volume is equal to, or less than, the incoming 4C certified coffee volume. It's refreshing to see an unambiguous statement of transparency. Foresee takes a risk-led approach, likely based in ISO roots, and it's suitable for an industry like this where there are few absolutes. There are innovations they have deployed as well. I noted the 4C classified chemicals tool as an example that appears genuinely useful. They state, Foresee has developed an easy-to-use classified chemicals tool that shall help auditors, managing entities, and coffee farmers to comply with the 4C requirements on the use of pesticides. By entering the CAS number of the respective active ingredient and the country of cultivation, it identifies which chemicals are prohibited or need to be phased out according to the 4C pesticide lists and which ones are banned or not approved in the country of application. I have not read the entire report yet, but the organization says that this is to showcase their development over the last four years, and in this regard I think it is fair to say they have delivered a solid report. Brazil's top coffee exporter sees record shipments in 2022. Despite drought and frost in 2021, not everything is black for the Brazilian coffee sector as the world's biggest coffee growers cooperative Cusupe expects 2022 to be a record year. Brazil's top exporter initially cut back on its export forecast for 2021 when it reduced the annual expected 6.5 million coffee bags to 4.8 million. Then however, the co-op renewed its projection after shipping bottlenecks, drought, and frost reduced the amount of coffee for exportation. One reason for lower export quantities was farmers defaulting on their contracts after the coffee market value jumped over 60%. However, Kuz Supe recently announced a better forecast for 2022, expecting to export 5.9 million bags, compared to 4.9 million in 2021. Due to lower yields, the co-op has increasingly been searching for coffee from non-member producers, who accounted in 2021 for 1.1 million deliveries. In 2022, this number is expected to climb to 1.5 million. The co-op's president, 
Carlos Augusto Rodriguez de Mello, is optimistic about 2022. We had huge upheavals last year, but we are starting 2022 in a much better position, he said in a phone interview with Bloomberg. The pandemic saw an acceleration of online buying. Digital Commerce 360 estimates that the pandemic contributed an extra $218.53 billion to e-commerce bottom line in the USA over the past two years. This resulted in a shortage of freight, making shipping containers even more expensive and raising the coffee price. Ku Supe partially solved this problem by shipping coffee in bulk instead of 60 kilograms bags, saving space in containers. So far, it has exported more than 300,060 kilograms bags this way, although there are significant additional risks for shipping break bulk like this, including being more exposed to the elements. Note, Bar Talks is moderating a webinar from the CAA on shipping, with a panelist of experts to answer your shipping questions. After two stormy years, coffee producers have finally looked to 2022 to be a calmer year, but the situation in Ukraine may additionally complicate matters. Coffee trees, of course, need nutrients. Russia and Bulgaria are responsible for around 26% of Brazilian fertilizer supplies. The fertilizer prices started going up in autumn of 2021. The current situation in Ukraine and sanctions imposed on Russia could make matters even worse for Brazilian coffee producers. Some smallholder farms were forced to reduce the fertilizers due to soaring prices. Coffee is one of the most popular beverages in the world. In 2020-2021, we consumed around 166.63 million 60-kilogram bags of coffee globally, translating to roughly 10 billion cups of coffee annually. This means a lot of wasted coffee grounds that we just throw away. But what if we turned those grounds into an edible product? Turning used coffee grounds into useful products such as cups, fabrics, printing inks and biofuels, is nothing new. The problem of such conversion is its footprint. Coffee grounds contain liquid, so they need to go through a drying phase, releasing into the atmosphere a considerable amount of CO2 in the process. Not many have managed to create a delicious edible product. Enter Tetsuji Ishigaki, Japanese scientist and president and CEO of SOI, based in Shizuoka, Japan. Forbes reports that he recently came up with the idea of using koji, a beneficial mold used to make traditional Japanese fermented foods like soy sauce and sake, to upcycle coffee grounds with no negative environmental impact. Ishigaki fermented used coffee grounds with koji, and created coffee bars called kalaha. One kilogram of coffee grounds is sufficient for 115 bars that also contain cacao butter, to help solidify the kalaha. So far, Ishigaki has managed to create three versions of the bar, ranging from 0% to 40% sugar content. Akiko Katayama reports that kalaha is unexpectedly delicious. 0% sugar tastes like coffee-flavored dark chocolate with the slight acidity of high-quality coffee. 10% sugar has a fruity, milky taste. 40% sugar carries a caramel note. They all have a thin, crumbly surface and the inside quickly melts in your mouth with an intense coffee taste. The beauty and potential of a coffee bar lie in the uniqueness of speciality coffee. Roasters worldwide are on the lookout for coffees with unique and exotic profiles, resulting in beverages that perceptibly differentiate in aroma and flavor. Arguably, 
Coffee bars like Kalaha could be as distinct and diverse as the beverages, with acidity being the prized characteristic instead of bitterness in associated with some dark chocolate bars. Koji produces various enzymes, which convert protein into amino acids. As per his lab results, Ishigaki's coffee paste contains approximately three times more amino acids than raw coffee beans. According to Ishigaki, these enzymes could be the reason for the rich taste of Kalaha. He also found some health benefits, such as a high amount of antioxidants and polyphenols. The process for Kalaha coffee paste is patent-pending, but there is an increasing demand for upcycling across the world. Ishigaki has already received partnership queries from Japanese eco-friendly companies, but he believes Kalaha could also spread to other parts of the world. Dr. Peter Baker, a respected expert on climate change and advisor to Coffee and Climate, CNC, and Stefan Rouge, program manager for Coffee and Climate at Hansar Newman Stiftung, gives a grim description of what to expect in the coffee industry over the next decade. The frequency and severity of extreme events is going to impact the industry as coffee has always been at the mercy of these fluctuations, says Dr. Baker, who goes on to explain that the process is already happening at a pace faster than was projected. Dr. Baker stops short of saying the frost in Brazil was a direct outcome of climate change, for which there is insufficient evidence to reach a conclusion. The outlook is not optimistic, but the message is one of defining mitigation strategies based on the knowledge that we will miss our climate targets. In their media statement, they said. Clearly we did not accomplish what we needed to, at COP26, and a weak outcome from that event is made worse by the war in Ukraine which has reprioritized government's priorities. Climate change impacts coffee-growing regions more than expected. It requires immediate action. This is the clear message given by climate scientist Dr. Peter Baker and Stefan Rouge, program manager, climate, at Hansar and Newman Stiftung. In an expert discussion organized by the Initiative for Coffee and Climate, CNC, they showed how climate change threatens the livelihoods of smallholder coffee farmers and drew scenarios for the near future. There is no realistic chance of staying below 1.5 degrees Celsius anymore, was the sobering statement by Dr. Peter Baker. Whereas the overall global temperature rise is now 1.1 to 1.2 degrees Celsius, the global land temperatures are already at 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. The impacts of climate change lead coffee farmers to migrate or diversify out of the coffee business and also threaten their livelihoods, through extreme weather events and socio-politic implications. Baker claims that by now, every country should ideally already have a comprehensive climate adaptation and disaster management team assembled, plans developed and under implementation. Only with immediate action, there is a chance to avoid catastrophic impacts on the sector as a whole. However, efforts of the coffee industry to support farmers so far are often piecemeal and of an inadequate scale. Especially smallholder coffee farmers will have to deal with the increasing impacts of climate change. It is not about coffee alone, it is about the people and supporting them to become resilient to the changes, emphasizes Stefan Rouge. The solution is the concerted action of the sector in a holistic approach. The industry needs to become an active partner here. This effort is made by CNC, a private sector initiative supported by companies such as Lavazza, Tim Hortons, or Chibo as well as by Saida, our public partner. Ethiopian annual coffee export growing steadily for three consecutive years. As the coffee market value soars, 
Ethiopia faces a record year in coffee export despite lower quantities. Over the past three years export earnings from Ethiopia of coffee Arabica has shown an average annual growth of 27.5%, reaching 909.4 million US dollars during the last budget year ended July 7, 2021, New Business Ethiopia writes. The export revenue of the country from coffee, which was $764.1 million in 2018-19, has increased to $855.9 million in 2019-20, registering 28.6% annual growth, according to the latest report of the National Bank of Ethiopia, NBE, released in March 2022. The reason for this also lies in drought and black frost that affected Brazil in 2021, lowering the yield and export significantly. Furthermore, Colombia, the second biggest Arabica producer, struggles with heavy rainfall, affecting coffee production. Due to these factors, global coffee prices soared, earning Ethiopia an extra $193.77 million in six months. Ethiopian coffee export is also on the rise due to the popularity of Yogachev, Sidema and Guji. Coffee roasters across the globe are increasingly searching for coffee from these regions, making production and exportation worthwhile. According to Gisette Worku, general manager at the Ethiopian Coffee Exporters Association, surely, Ethiopia will earn over $1 billion in the next six months. If we had peace and stability, the nation would have earned $1.67 billion exporting coffee. An ongoing civil war was confined to areas outside of coffee-growing regions, but the strife still influences the coffee trade. Additionally, Ethiopia suffered from a crippling inflation rate of 35% in December 2021. As a result, the cost of some necessary commodities and materials for prosaic items, such as nails for raised beds and fuel for trucks, have doubled or tripled. The price of Ethiopian coffee is now high, due to the problems mentioned earlier. Nonetheless, it appears this does not affect the farmers, at least not in a bad way. Emily McIntyre, CEO of Portland-based coffee trading company, Catalyst Trade, is positive. For once, smallholder producers are on the winning side of the economic equation, though history suggests this will not last long. Let's hope history will be wrong this time. <laughs>